This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to the iFanboy Pick the Week podcast, episode 572, brought to you by Bombas. For the most comfortable socks you'll ever wear, visit getbombas.com slash iFanboy and save 15% off your first order for four or more pairs, plus free shipping. And from iFanboy listeners just like you.
and welcome to the iFanboy Pick the Week podcast, episode 572. My name is Ron Richards, and with me, as always, is the intrepid Connor Kilpatrick. Hello. And the unflappable Josh Flanagan. No, I'm not flapping. I'm, I'm, there's no flapping going on. And we are from the astonishing iFanboy, where every week we read a stack of comics and one of us picks our favorite book, and we call that the Pick of the Week. We talk about that book, some other books, the patron picks, which is the books that many of you picked and voted on. Uh, and if we have some time, we're going to hear from you via email, which is always a, an enlightening experience. No matter what, it's going to be fun. This is the moment of the week we all look forward to, so let's enjoy it, our time together while we have it. Uh, <laughs> quick warning, though. Wow. Uh, Someone took their about- Stan Lee pills this morning. <laughs> we uh, we're gonna be talking about what happened in the book, so we're gonna be spoiling things. So beware if you haven't read your comics yet. Uh, there might be spoilers ahead, so if you care about that, uh, take caution. Maybe press pause, come back later, that sort of thing. Connor, you had the amazing pick this week, and I cannot wait to hear what you've got to say about this. Well, the, 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 wow. All right, the last this week. <laughs> um, so in the old days when we had the written pick of the week review, and also we had like the ratings on the website where you could. Ratings. Star rate, ratings. Star rate ratings. the books. This would have been a week full of four-star books. Interesting. So when I finished, I was like, there's a lot of things that were good, but none of them really were that great. But then I thought... You, didn't have, you, didn't, have your, you didn't have your pants blown off by the nobody, comic books this I week, did you? I had the pants still firmly in place by the end of the, in the reading session. But I kept thinking about how much I enjoyed Killer Be Killed number six, how much I'm loving the series, and how this issue really expanded the story and made you know is taking things in an interesting direction and that's the book i kept thinking about the other ones sort of fell to the wayside so killer be killed number six from image comics ed brew baker sean phillips elizabeth brightweiser is the pick of the week and up till now the first five issues we've only been following the main characters he's been going on his uh journey of murder as he kills people who, de- who deserve killing lest the demon kill him and uh here you know there was a cliffhanger last issue where he went he killed a guy in a cafe uh, bathroom it turns out there was two cops in the cafe so they've confronted him and the cliffhanger was now he's face to face with cops uh people who don't deserve to get shot and what was he doing so that leads to us finding about about the police investigation into, into him and what's been going on away from his life and why the noose seems to be slowly tightening not just from the police but also from the russians because he killed a russian guy a couple issues ago um at, at the strip club at the strip club so I really just liked how this issue. I mean, beyond the fact I really love, I've enjoyed this series a lot. I, I and Rubik and Phillips are great together, but I liked how this gave us now more layers to deal with. I like this new cop we've been introduced to, who is NYPD transferred to a Long Island precinct, who is uh, only there because the precinct had got sued and had to add women and minorities to the to the force, and so she's not too Cor- welcome. Correction: It's Portchester, which is Westchester County, north oh, of the city. Okay. I just see. Port, it is not it's, not uh, Long Island. Yeah, no, understand. No, Portchester. It's it's still it's on the water, but it's uh, halfway between New York City and Connecticut. That's so. right. Um, what am I thinking? Port Jefferson. Port Jefferson. That's a that's a port. I, I come from a town with port in the word. So yeah. So there you go. That's what I was saying. So anyway, she's yeah. she's in the forest, and she one of the murders. The first one actually, the the pedophile was in her jurisdiction, she caught the case, and now she's starting to see similarities to other murders around the tri-state area. And I just, I just thought this was, you know, utterly compelling. It's a great co- crime book. The, uh, the characters are fun, and now we've got lots of different ways the story can go. Because the last time we talked about this issue, or this series, we mentioned that Brubaker had said that this was going to be his longest series to date, and, you know, it didn't seem like he could do that. But now that we're, we're interesting, introducing more characters, 
uh, I can see how that can that can be achieved. There's something oddly there's com- something oddly compelling about this book. I, I don't mean it to sound like that, but there's something really intriguing about what's going on here. I mean, I know we we groaned at the demon in the first issue, uh, but we haven't really seen much of the demon recently. Nothing other than a mention in this issue. Uh, and I mean, you know, I've been big on this this series since it, since it started coming out. But I, I just I love this book. This book is fantastic. Yeah. Um, and it's and you know it's it, it's it's a fun sort of mystery. Like, you know, what's going to happen? I don't know. Is he going to? He's telling it. The, the narration is you know from the future because he's saying, oh, this is an important clue. I forgot it at the time too. Um, right. So is he has he been captured? Is he dead? We don't know. But you know, all these characters are gonna have to come together at some point, and that's gonna well. Yeah, they're they're they're, we, they're weaving. They're is weaving an interesting story where because you know because like what this kid like now how many three or four people he's killed, so the the natural question is okay. Well, how long is he gonna get away with this? And you you know and like bringing in a foil of of this cop who's kind of onto him. Uh, just kind of you know increases the stakes and and amps up what what the potential of what could you know happen. I thought the the cliffhanger resolution was great. Was that you know when he's you know he's standing there toe to toe with a cop and they both got their guns fit, placed at him. What is he gonna do? And so you know he so he turns the shotgun a little to the right of the cop and shoots the door. And you get the narration of him saying you know like shotguns are scarier than than pistols. So I was louder so I could you know I I shot to distri- to buy yeah. me some time. Yeah. And he's able to get out. And then the whole, you know, adrenaline rush and like what happened after that. And he immediately went and called his old ex-girlfriend and they had sex. And like, you know, like this, you know, I thought I thought going through the mind of somebody who is doing what he just did. Is just, I, it just it was really it just it it it's telling. I mean, this this could be a, a fairly rote kind of story where a guy is being basically being the Punisher because a demon told demon told, demon told him to. But Brubaker is bringing in a lot of nuance uh, to the characterization. And you know, while I don't know whether I love or hate the narration as a storytelling device, in mm-hmm. this case, it's working great. I really like the voice of it. Um, I also really like the scene with the cop where she, be, you know, she's at the cop bar and, he, and the other guy's like, why are you so obsessed with this? What's the big deal? And, and she says, maybe it's because he thinks he's the good guy. And I really like that. Yeah. Because, you know, think, like, you know we, he's the hero of the story so far, basically. He's the protagonist and he's killing bad people, but he's also killing people. And maybe he's, he's and it's, you know, at this point it's morally ambiguous. Uh, but, you know, here's someone on the outside saying he's not a good person. And that's why it right. pisses me off that he's getting away with it. So... Um, I like all this. I assume that Josh's silence means he's still not into this book. Uh, I'm still reading it. I enjoy it. I don't love it. I just don't have a lot to say about it that I don't think that I don't think I've said before. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not. It's not. I'm not coming down on it one way or another. It doesn't. It's fine. It's, I'm really finding it fascinating how, through the course of our time together, your your the arc of your tastes. Because like ten years ago, this would have been like right in Josh's the, your top yeah. of your book. Yeah, yeah exactly. But I, I mean, like that's I'm learning. That's very much a thing for me. Like about every five years, I go, eh, let's try something else. Right. And and that's just. I mean, we've been doing this long enough to see that it happens with like. Yeah, I mean, it's also Bowie. just. <laughs> 
Yes. Yes, I'm ex- yes, I'm exactly like David Bowie. Thank you, Connor. You're welcome. I will take that compliment any day of the week, literally in any way you wanted to apply it. <laughs> it's really, you really like, can't go wrong with that. It's real, nope. yeah. Nope. I, I, we have a lovely singing voice or an excellent idea about taste making. Or, or uh, yeah, I, a, a sense of fashion or yeah, yeah, you know, yeah so I, I, a wonderful uh, rhythm section. Any of it. Um, yeah. I mean, like, I really enjoyed, was it the fade away or the fade out? I don't remember. The fade, the fade out. out. The fade out. But it was still like, okay, this is what these guys, they've done it a bunch of times. It's, you know, this is a little different twist on it, but it's still guy doing bad things, talking about it in his head. That's, that's, that's the Brubaker milieu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, like, it's good. It's enjoyable. But, you know, I've had a lot of it. Like, I've eaten at that pizza place a lot. Maybe oh. I should see if there's another place I want. Oh man, now I want pizza. Yeah, I know, that was the wrong thing to it say. Doesn't take a damn thing with you guys. <laughs> well, you record. You know, um, it's lunchtime for me when we record. Yeah, yeah. me too. Well, I haven't eaten like, lunch yet, so. Yeah, you say so. pizza, and now all I can think of is there's a new pizza place across the street that's opened up. We haven't oh, tried it yet. Man. Is it, um, is it what, kind, what kind of pizza, I Connor? I don't know. It's in LA, LA, so it can't be that good. But it's just pizza. Oh. That's the point. Anyway, yeah, concept. Like Kill or Be Killed, pizza is awesome. Um, yeah. I really like this book. When, I, when, it, when it comes out, I'm very excited for it. Uh, this might be my favorite thing Image is doing right now. Wow. Yeah, I love a, I love a that, Baker Phillips crime book. That's big yeah. talk. Well, a lot of things, you know, from it's how since the Image Revolution. What was that, Ron? Four years ago? Three years ago? Yeah, about four or five years ago. Now, well, you know, a lot of those initial books have lost some of their luster. Uh, I think that the whole lot, the whole yeah, the whole line has. I mean, the the the, the, the mar- 2016 market share numbers. Whew. Well, I don't mean to say story wise, <laughs> I think that, that hasn't really launched. There haven't been a ton of new launches that have been super interesting, I think. But this has been my favorite, um, the new one that's come along. Uh, it's, it's funny because I was reading, it's not on the list, but uh, The Invincible that came out this week, which is sort of them, first, first issue of their final 12. And I thought, well, that's wrapping up. And Chew just wrapped up. And I was like, ooh. This yeah. feels like a turning of the corner for it's me. A moment. And, I'm surprised you didn't want to talk about Invincible this week. I thought you would have been all over that, like uh, butter on corn. I thought about it, but there'll be time. Like pepperoni on pizza? Like, yeah, like, mu- like mushrooms on pizza. So, um, okay. so that's the pick of the week. Let's talk about Monsters Unleashed number three. Uh, well, so, yeah. So, so we talked about issue one. Is that either of you stick with this or am yeah. I alone in this? Uh-oh. Yeah. Okay. Uh-oh. <laughs> All right. Connor, did you, did no, you read, read this or no? First place, no? Okay. So, Josh, so you're reading this, right? I am. Did, did you, did you uh, throw the book across the room like I did with this issue? No, I don't care about anything that much. I got so... Wait, you read this on your iPad, so did you destroy your I, iPad? I, well, no, I don't have an iPad, so... Um, or whatever device, it, whatever tablet... He used to have one. Don't act like... Come <laughs> I on. I know, not anymore. Uh, but, uh, um, no, yeah. Uh, so Monsters Unleashed number three was the, is the you know, kind of mini-event series written by Colin Bunn with art by Lanille Francis Yu that uh, we really enjoyed the first issue. It was Fing Fang Foom and all the yeah. big, you know, kind of huge monsters. And there was a little kid that was summoning them and, and you know, all that sort of stuff. And we find out in this issue, uh, Connor, I'll give you one guess as to why this oh, I, kid I can, sum- can summon monsters. Um, Suddenly has a power. He can draw, he draws pictures of monsters and oh. then they appear. Okay. All right. Because he's, he's a goddamn inhuman. <laughs> and i just went oh come on and like I, I suppose that like for, for you you were like oh come on like but what did you expect 
I, I wanted of course to... he's an inhuman. Oh, I know. So, no, that's but uh, the answer to every uh, single thing. No, exactly, and that's why I wanted it to be anything but like like I'm not even saying make him a mutant. Like like it just for some reason this weird kid can do this thing, and like maybe it's some kind of new thing. That... Not being inhuman, can't you just be super? Exactly, exactly. Hold on, I'm gonna write that down for the patrons. Um, Ron. <laughs> If one is electro and ten is mushroom pizza, where does this issue fall on the scale then? Whoa. Rhino. Jesus, <laughs> I don't. I don't know how to take that. <laughs> <laughs> I know there was a really good Joe Kelly Rhino story. Sure, yeah, yeah. But um, others yeah, could no. say Susan also ran kind you mean of. Rhino I mean, from I'm... the Amazing Spider-Man too. I mean, it literally possibly yes, yeah, no, yeah, from uh, yeah, the the Mecha Rhino from yeah. the Ultimate Universe. Um, so, if 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 there was a if there was a audible sound of a balloon deflating, that's what happened when I finished this book. I was like, ah, oh, god damn it! So, I mean, the thing with me is that the first one, I didn't expect it. It was Steve McNiven, which went a long way, and it was just sort of silly and fun. And I thought, if this isn't connected to anything, it's just a thing I read. That's going to be fun. The second one came along. It was some other artist who is like well known, but. You know, wasn't really my favorite thing. I don't remember who it was. Um, and then this one again, sort of is continuing that same downward trend on the graph to, graph of what I want to. Read. The monsters are great in this, but I was almost totally skimming it. I was just looking at the pictures. So yeah. I kind of don't care. And as soon as they started to talk and explain and do whatever, I, I, I kind of faded. So when, so it's like when you said, "Did it bug you?" I was like, "I don't even remember a thing about it. Like it didn't make an impact on me." Yeah, uh, um, I like dinosaur. I like the fighting. I like the art. I like yeah. the I like the dinosaur. I like I like Devil Dinosaur and Moon Girl in this were the best part of it. Yeah, yeah, and um, I just hate. Yeah, I hated that there was a big fight in the beginning. Then there was all the heroes talking, and they find out that he's an Inhuman because he breathed the fucking mist in the cloud. Like, he can't get away from this. This, Why cloud, they- this, this Terrigen cloud is literally left the pages of the comic book and now hangs out outside my apartment. And it just haunts me, and Wrecking I'm sick of it. Wrecking havoc through the Marvel Universe. You need oh, to move. <laughs> that ain't, that ain't made up. Yeah. From the bridge. So. Really, really upset me. Really, I, I really, I was like, I was really digging it, and it just like have like remember the Mark Miller nineteen eighty five thing where you're like you're like what was that? I don't know what that why that happened. Like, yeah. like that, like do something like that. Do some M Night Shyamalani where there's some kid where they can you well, know uh, what I'm with you right up until you said that name. But other than that, I get well, your no, point. but you know, but where there's where it's unexplained. Like you yeah. don't need to explain it or tie it into whatever bullshit corporate character development thing that that is the the latest important thing. You know, like oh, you do. But they do. I mean, I know, that's yeah, not, it's not it's no one's fault doing I mean, I know I'm screaming. It's not Cullen Bunt's fault. I know that. No, it's not Cullen Bunt. Yeah, I know. I agree. I, I, but that, but that's why that's, that's my problem with the editorial driven comics of, you know, like if they went to Cullen Bunt and said, do a great story of Fing Fang Foom, these monsters, I bet you we would have gotten something that would have been better. It than, would be, yeah. He would have killed yeah. it. It's exactly, exactly what he was built for. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you're so. right. Well, if you're thinking about that kind of story where something sort of mysterious, interesting happens to a character. It's not really explained, and we just have a one and one and done story. Look no further than Superman seventeen. Patrick J. Tomasi, Patrick, Patrick Gleason writing it. Uh, Peter J. Tomasi, Patrick Gleason writing it, and Sebastian Fumora on art with Dave Stewart on colors. By the way, ooh, was it? I don't think yeah. I recognized that. Um, huh. This is just a one shot tale. <coughs> excuse me, tale of uh, Clark's son Jonathan and his his Lana Lang counterpart having an adventure in the haunted forest. 
It's just a one-shot story, and I really, really liked it. This was probably the runner-up to pick of the week. I, I, it's funny because like I got to the end, got to, I thought it was gonna be something stupid, and I was like, oh, that's it. You're just doing a thing. The, the neighbor's got a fucking weird cow. Okay, <laughs> swamp gas. Like, tell you what, I will agree with you that it was great. But if the next four issues have something to do with uh, some some stuff going on in the swamp there no. that we have to hang out with, then I will retroactively uh, rescind my enjoyment of it. The next issue, reborn. So the next issue is the crossover. So it's okay. This is just the one shot. This will come back. Somebody will pick it up. It's what they do. I know. I, as, as, it, as it is, until that happens, um, you know, the, the cow, the neighbor's cow is missing and the grandfather went after it. Now he's missing. So Jonathan and whatever her name is uh, go into the, the forest to try to find the cow. And the grandfather, they find the mysterious house. There's like, some sort of Slenderman-esque character. There's giant There's, animals. Um, the cow is demonic also. And, it moves uh, at them a lot. Yeah. So... This it's is very kind of, Bellboy like. Very sort of horror, you know, single horror. I guess, story. I guess, I guess Dave Stewart colored it, so that's why. I Just he colored the eyes like like he would a Hellboy monster. That's why the cow eyes. So it, that, this is what you're looking for, Ron. Right here in the page of Superman. Well, All and, and the thing, dreams. Yeah, and the thing the thing is, is that like Josh summed it up there, where he's like, "Oh, okay, we're doing this. All right." Like that's a very like classic dc kind of thing where there was some yeah. wacky thing that would you know and, and i like that and so yeah maybe maybe i need to the check cover says what monster lurks in dead man's swamp how could you not like that that's fantastic if only it wasn't about superman it's not but, um, it's not well, it's not, not. yeah that's it right yeah that's a good point yeah so he's in at the very end just making sure his son is is in bed because this all happened while they were the parents were away of course it's the classic it's a, it feels very much like an 80s story you know this the classic the parents are away the kids Stumble we'll into some sort of horror adventure, and then they're all wrapped up by the time the parents get home, and then right. they find the house has been destroyed. Cool, weird. Uh, well, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. I, I don't. You know that sounds great, but I honestly, my comics plate was full uh, with the Mighty Thor number sixteen uh, because you know I was a little skeptical when they announced that they were doing the the Shi'ar crossover, Shi'ar Asgard war kind of thing. But I got to admit, with this issue, I still they love sold- it. It's been they saw, 15 years, and you still say Asgard, and it still makes me laugh. Continue. Asgard. 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 Uh, but I'll tell you, <laughs> Jason, Jason Aaron, Russell Datterman sold me on this story arc, stole me on this story plan, and I'm going to sell you guys on it with two words. You ready? Mm-hmm. Well, did either of you read this or no? I've been reading. Of course I am. I've been okay, you're reading. Okay, so Connor, I'm going I'm to sell you on this issue with two words. Got it. Heimdall filibuster. Hmm. Is that the name of an attorney in Asgard? <laughs> well, no. So the, uh, one of as the the story is going, there's a council of the gods or whatnot, uh, and there's a whole bunch of different the, the different realms all have a representative, and Heimdall is there representing Asgard, and uh, he's he's stalling, and so he's filibustering and he's telling <laughs> about great meals, and he pulls out food and like it just dude, it made me laugh. That's good, but um. But th- this was neat. It, it, it introduced the idea of, of these, these Shi'ar gods who are even higher than Gladiator as the Magister, and they challenge Lady Thor you to— You don't mean it. Heimdall. You mean Volstag. I was completely Volstag. confused. God damn it, Vol. You're right. It's Volstag. I'm like, I don't remember what you're talking about at all. <laughs> absolutely right. I'm. Oh, man, that's a rookie move. Volstag. Sexy Volstag. And remember? that makes more sense because he's fat. Yes, exactly. So— <laughs> So, <laughs> Volstag filibuster there, huh? And they call them the aristocrats. <laughs> uh, 
uh, yeah. So um, no, but I love I, uh, I was I, the introduction of these Shi'ar gods and the challenge to Lady Thor in a like kind of battle of the gods uh, was re- I really enjoyed it. And this is uh, this is going to be a fun story arc. So uh, I liked it. I dig right. it. I dig the consistency on it the whole way through. Like Dotterman has, has showed up on every issue and make made them beautiful. It really has the idea, the, the feeling of a big arc that yep. we've been going through this whole time. Uh, one, you know, nice long run that is somehow related to that first part of Thor's run, but we don't know what that is yet. Um, I like the I like the villains. I like the the Shi'ar gods in this and and the way it's going. I like it. Basically, the the overall theme in this whole thing has been, you know. What are the gods, and and we should question them, and what does it represent, and are they really good? Yeah. Uh, so it's been it's been good. I like that stuff. Yeah, me too. I, I, I this is this has been great. I thought yeah. so. Uh, I w- and I and I will freely admit that I was skeptical that I kind of rolled my eyes and I'm like, oh, Thor and Shiar, because Shiar to me are an X Men thing. But yeah. think but where you can get it. Yeah, but th- there's basically an entire no, but it, not less so. Take it, take it where you can get it. But there are an entire civilization that really all we know about is you know uh, just the you know the 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 gladiator and the other protect you know that the group of people that we in, in Dark Phoenix Saga, and then there was Leandra, the leader. But beyond that, we don't get a lot about day to day. And this was like talking about their views on on deities and their approach and why and why their quote unquote gods do what they do. And I did like that we got to see uh, vacationing Shiar at the beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, they vacation like, just like we do. Exactly. Yeah. They they grocery shop just like we do. They do. Yeah. It's everything. But um, uh, no. This is this is really really interesting. And 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 the whole theme of what is gods. Uh, going back to his, you know, when Jason Aaron started on this run of Thor, um, has just been really, really, really unlike anything I've read in the pages of Thor. Not that I've read a ton of Thor, but I just I like it a lot. So, and Dowderman did great in this issue. It just looked looked awesome. A couple points where I was like, man, he's leveling up like with every issue. So, I I have to pull a very quick audible, okay, because I don't want to discuss the whole issue. But I just, Ron, are you reading Batman, Ron? Yes. Pretty sure Tom King is trolling you. <laughs> where? The last three pages. Oh, let me see. Connor, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, no. Totally All wrong. The dialogue on the last three pages. You're gonna have to give us a hint here, because otherwise people are just gonna listen to silence. Well, I know, I'm, tr- I'm trying to pull it up, and I just get a, I'm getting a spinny wheel. So there's no blade. words. There's just uh, a, an animal sound over and over and over again uh, as Bane shows up. Caw, 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 caw. Why is that trolling me? There was we did a bit for a long time for years where you were mad that the dialogue was caw and we brought it up forever and ever. And as soon as I read this, I was like, Jesus, this is what he well, talked about, but writ- very large. <laughs> I don't know. I might be overestimating the importance of you and our shows in, in the writers, but I just thought that I know he's a longtime listener to the show and yeah. instantly a lot of cawing. Where That's is- all. I don't want to talk about the issue in any way. I did notice. I did notice the. I'm looking at it now, and I did notice a lot of the the cawing that was going on. And there is there there is a bird that flies by in the first panel. Yeah. Um. It's a it's very la- a lot of animal uh, noises in this, but that caw just keeps coming back. Caw. Yeah. Caw. All right. Well, this show well <laughs> if, done. I'll tell you what. If you're a longtime listener and you remember when that original conversation came out, I would love to. Somebody so I, I know. Somebody knows. I have no clue. I don't even remember that at all. Yeah. I re- all right. Well, you can go look it up, Josh. Uh, while I thank our sponsor, we want to thank Bombas for sponsoring this episode of iFanboy. And uh, listen, 
Uh, we talked about this last month. I'll say it again. I'm literally wearing a pair of Bombas right now. These have completely changed my outlook on socks. Um, <laughs> I, I wore, I wore my pair last night. I, I bought them oh, after what do you, the last one. Uh, what do you think? Last, uh, I bought a bunch of workout socks and I wear them to the gym and they're awesome. They're very. Are they working out? Are they working? Are they working out for you? Yes, they are. Excellent. Has your whole outlook on socks changed? I'm, I'm thinking about it. It's, yeah, I'm, well, because, I'm considering it. Because listen, Bombas are like the next generation of socks because they're literally engineered and designed to look, feel, and perform better all the while comforting your foot. Uh, they're made with long staple Pima cotton. Uh, it's so soft and breathable. They're just wonderful. They stay warm in the winter and cool in the summer. And let me tell you, I can confirm the former of that one. <laughs> it, it, it's been some cold days in New York City, and I've been thankful I've, I'm wearing my Bombas. Uh, <laughs> uh, they, they, these are really innovative socks. They've got this honeycomb support system stitching that happens right in the in the middle of the sock to help support you is help support the arch which is great. Uh, they've got a hand-linked toe seam that uh, eliminates that dumb bump that runs across the toes on regular socks. Mm -hmm. They've got a nice little Y-stitched heel that, that cups your heel nicely. Um, they've got a, a reinforced footbed that's not too thick. Like It's just all the right balance. One of my favorite things about the ankle socks is they've got that little blister tab to, uh, to keep from getting a, blis a blister on the back of your calf uh, against the shoe, which uh, I hate. We all know if there's one thing I fanboys against, it's chafing. Oh, we're yeah. anti chafing. We're anti chafing. We're, we're, we're totally on record. Anti Long time. Yeah. Tell you what. Yeah. You're talking like, could you eliminate rebar or chafing? I would. I would live in a I, world with rebar if I if I didn't have to deal with chafing. This is what I'm getting at. Yeah. I think, I and I think we're all on board with that. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. the thing is, rebar is a fear, but it's really an extreme fear. The chafing. It's unlikely. It's unlikely, but chafing. It's a daily. It's a daily battle. Also, no. you guys just called down the thunder on the rebar. You just you basically said uh, it's really quiet <laughs> I right rebar. now. Like you know, <laughs> it's never quiet. Anytime there's some horrible rebar story, ten people gotta send it to us. I know. There's, yeah, there's a really. building being built literally next to my office, and every day. What I are just, you doing? Just tons of rebar everywhere. You need you need to protect yourself, Connor. You need I some know. bombas. I knew. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, wait, hold on. Let's not make claims. <laughs> I'm gonna swaddle <laughs> myself in bombas. Protect you from rebar. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm not anyway. saying they can't. Well, so yeah, they're, they're not making a claim about rebar, but they are claiming they give you a 100% happiness guarantee. You'll love these socks or you'll get your money back. Um, they're not only the most comfortable socks you ever put on your feet, but you can also feel great about buying them because for every pair you purchase, Bombas donates a, a pair to those in need. Uh, socks are actually the most requested item in homeless shelters, and Bombas has donated over a million pairs to date, which is pretty good in these trying times. So go to getbombas.com slash ifanboy and save 15% off your first purchase of four or more pairs. Get free shipping while you're at it. That's getbombas.com slash ifanboy. You'll, you'll thank us. Trust me. I, I, I want to go ahead and editorialize that I've, I've heard Ron read a lot of sponsorship copy. There's actual enthusiasm as he goes through that, that talk, those talking points. He, 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 he recently he learned that you can have good socks and it will make your life better. Right. And he talked to about us before the, any of this ever happened. <laughs> and, 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 and to show That's you, like, Ron, uh, Connor and I were both like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. You were wearing he was socks like, for 30 yep, plus years. But, my entire life. No, my entire life. Yeah, yeah. So, change can happen. Change can happen, and for the good, and also help people while you're at it. So, thank you, Bombas. Getbombas.com/slash/ifanboy. Moving on. Ron, you you're wearing so different socks now. Do you think you might shorten your sideburns? No. What are you crazy? I'm just checking. Yeah. I didn't want to overreach, but apparently I overreached. 
So when you, you did. You over- when you threw your that was bad. Great, Connor. When you threw your tablet across the room, Ron, after reading Monsters Unleashed, my tablet came flying after you, after yeah. reading Nightwing number fifteen, um, which is a nice little one shot uh, 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 taking place over the course of sixty eight days, um, in which Nightwing is entering into a new romance with the character from the previous arc, the villain. Nightwing has moved to Bloodhaven, and now he he met a group of reformed villains who had left Gotham to go to Bloodhaven to escape him. And so, of course, uh, that became a problem. But one of, the, one of them formed a romantic attachment, and now they're dating. And we see their relationship from the first date to the present day. And he also goes and hangs out with Wally to talk about his new girlfriend. And he, ta- he hangs out with Chase and Todd to talk about his new girlfriend. And then he goes to Gotham and to the top of the yep. bridge and talks to Barbara about it. And I read, I read the sequence and I was like, oh, Connor's not going to like this. And uh, he's talking about how she was right, and he needs to sort of focus and settle, you know, settle down a little bit. And he's he's found finally found a place to live and a girl to come home to. And he's holding her hand, and she says, "It's not me, is it?" And their hands drop apart. And I just wanted to throw my goddamn tablet through the wall. Question. Yep. Question. Yes. Were you upset because it was a thing that shouldn't have happened, or that it was a genuine emotional thing that was the right thing, but it hurt? All of them. All of them. I realize this is completely irrational. I just want them to be happy. And right, yeah, no, it's like, but no, no, but, but he, he, Tim Seeley did this well. Like, yes, I was, was bought scene. in, it's a great I was issue. bought in, yeah, bought into the relationship, but then when reminded of Babs, I'm like, ah, oh, it's like, it's like that couple you're rooting for that just can't make it work, and it's like, ah, uh, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's Riggins and Lila. Uh, Ron, you wouldn't know what I'm talking about because you don't like yeah. football, but. Right. Right. But uh, all I want, all I want is for them to be happy. And that's all yeah. I ask for. I don't ask for a lot in this world. Um, but this is what I want, and it just, can't, it just constantly eludes me. And, it, and you're right. I think it was made worse because it was such a well-written emotional scene, and it made sense for the characters, and yada, 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 fuck it, I don't care. I just want them to be happy. At the end of the, at the, end of the issue, though, the new girlfriend may or may not be dead. So we'll find out. I'll tell I'll tell you what's a crime in this issue, and and I'm I'm new to this because I, I didn't I did not stick with Titans uh, or Teen Titans or whatever the fuck book, but uh, that Wally West costume is a crime. Why would he manifest a new suit that has the dumb lines on it? Because he doesn't right. remember those lines. He wasn't from that place. He was from a better place, a place that had no lines. And I guess he has blue lightning. It doesn't make any sense. The speed force is not blue lightning. It's, it's just nonsense. It's just nonsense. Talking this, about uh, the show has really. Really turned into an old man bitch fest. <laughs> it has. I mean, about dumb shit. Well, there's uh, more well, swearing out of the two of you. You both like fucking costume. <laughs> well, hold on, just hold on, Josh, because Connor, yeah. did you read Super Sons number one? There's no way I'd read a book starring Damien. Yeah. Well, what's Come funny because what as we were talking about as we were talking about Superman earlier, which was basically about Superboy, and this is a book all about Superboy. I was like, oh, maybe he'll watch it, but it does have the D word in it. That's why I didn't read it. I knew Connor wasn't going to, so I was like, I don't have to. I'm good. Yeah. That's all. I didn't I don't want to talk about it. I just wanted to. <laughs> That's all you just wanted to find out <laughs> if I read it? You oh, yeah, put no, it on the goddamn it. rundown to find out if I read it? I'm, I'm, I'm only an IMOA or text message. Yeah, no, I was just curious. I, am, I don't know. I am, I, thought... I am jealous because Jorge Jimenez is a really good artist. Um, yeah, it was good. If a lot of, uh, I mean, it was it was all right. It was okay. I mean, anti, it was yeah. your anti Damien stance has really gotten a lot more strident in in recent. It is, um, and also I find I'm, I'm growing a following based on the people that have reached yes. out to our I fanboy uh, Twitter account. Uh, I have noticed. Yep. Daredevil seventeen. I was uh, t- 
torn on because I really like the Ron Garney art. I think the book's better when Garney draws it. Yep. Um, however, this issue was like, find out how Matt Murdock got everybody to forget he was Daredevil. And I was like, A, I don't care. B, this is one of those things you should just say happen, move on, and never deal with again. But it's because it's comics, you have to explain every goddamn thing. And C, yep. we spent all of our time, or most of our time, back in that Daredevil status quo in San Francisco that I didn't enjoy. So it was like going backwards when I thought we had moved forward. So yeah, it, it, yeah, I, I got the same set. Like it was because if you remember, Josh, I don't think you were on the last uh, episode where we talked about Daredevil, but I, I gave a tip of the hat to Soul because I feel like he's you know set sixteen issues in, he's got a grasp of Daredevil and was doing really well on it. But I, Connor, I agree with you. I feel like this is a step backwards. But that said, technically, it, it was yeah. done well. Oh, like totally. I love, I, I love the sequence of. I love the sequence of his return to New York and the description of the, you know, the moment I stepped off the, uh, out of LaGuardia, blah, blah, you know, like it was, you know, like that was, and that was well done. Ron but, Garney, I mean, there's that full page shot of him swinging. Yeah. Um, that where he's upside down. That there's just fantastic Garney stuff in here. Yeah. I just don't yep. want to, I just, I was happy we'd moved on from that ill-fated idea to move into San Francisco and now yep. we're, and we had to go back to it, which annoyed me. I agreed. I didn't, I liked it. I, d- I don't I don't really think back on the San Francisco stuff as a like it was just like a Elseworldsy not even Elseworlds but it's just a diversion we went and did this for a little while and now we're back so while I think you're right we don't need the explanation I can't say it really bothered me all that much yeah. I like I like how 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 Garney is just raw I mean, yeah like, yeah he's not doing anything extra that he that he doesn't need to it's he, unfiltered Garney it's like mm-hmm. from the tap. It's, I mean, Ron and I are huge Garney fans. Yeah, huge Garney well, fans. Huge. Uh, as you know, I hate him. I know, no, as, as we know. Well, yeah. Ever since I you like guys Ron had that, that incident, the the Garney incident. Gar- oh yeah, the Garney incident. Yeah. yeah. Was that at WonderCon? Well, you know what? Man's got to admit when he's wrong, and if he doesn't, <laughs> well, yeah. you have an incident. <laughs> Speaking of great art, Tommy Lee Edwards and Mother Panic number three. Uh, God damn! I think Mother Panic is my favorite new book of this year. It's really like good. I, I, I really like this book and the fact that it exists within Gotham just and and I was I got I read this issue I'm like oh here's the you know here's the typical cameo issue right you know where yeah. Batwoman's gonna guest star in the third issue to kind of goose the sales or whatever but like I just like this book is fantastic it is really I, good also the this, yeah. the David Bowie album of the same name <laughs> uh, was yeah. also excellent. Yeah, there you go. There's your David Bowie tie-in for this. You're right. Uh, it's between Doom Patrol and this for the best young animal yep. books, but this is also, I mean, this is... Well, the thing is, is that, like, like, I feel like this doesn't have to be a young animal book. It doesn't. Yeah, like, this, like, uh, there is cursing, which I guess is the whole, the whole thing, but, um... But the th- the thing is that like if they introduce this as a, just as a new character and it was just a new book like it would totally and maybe I'm glad that it's got the young animal imprint on it because maybe that will let it last a little it's longer. A little bit of a goose, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If it was but, DC, uh, they'd have canceled it by now. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, but uh, yeah, no, this is great, and I li- I liked seeing that there was a DeLorean in it, so that was cool. Yeah, it's the it's sort of the other side of Gotham, right? It's the yeah. This is yeah. there's a weirder, seedier side that this is dealing with. That I like. Yeah. Really good. Really, really good. And John Workman. Josh. He's been getting a lot of work lately. He has. So if you like the things that we do, we would ask you to kindly visit ifanboy.com slash support. And there you will find a couple of things. You will find a link to Amazon.com. That's our affiliate link. That's the actual nomenclature. Um, and through that link, if you buy something on Amazon, 
We get a little small cut of it. Doesn't cost you a thing. Comes out of their side. So really, no reason not to uh, at all. And and I, and you you know, you order this stuff. You're ordering this stuff. You're destroying local business, but you're ordering this stuff. No, it's not how it works. Um, or you can uh, donate directly uh, via via PayPal. You can do that. Or even better, you can become a Patreon uh, patron. I always do that wrong. I want to call everyone. Them everyone does that. Yeah. No. It's, yeah. It's a mess. Yeah. Um, you can go to patreon patreon.com slash iFanboy and you will see the various levels uh, that you can support the show. It, it just works like this. You say, I really like what they're doing. How can I support that? Um, and, and you choose one of the levels of support. Um, and, and every time people do that, it increases the overall <laughs> uh, level of support. New goals are unlocked. We've just, uh, we're doing, like, we're regularly doing um, uh, weekly hangouts or monthly hangouts and um, talksplodes and booksplodes. Those have all been happening and they're now just part of the regular thing uh, that, that, that comes along. And now t shirts are coming soon because we've unlocked that level. So let's keep working towards the next one. Um, I mean, we all do this, we're all patrons of things. Um, you know, like, there's a, there's a couple of podcasts that I really like and I just, I was like I, I just want to make sure that they know doesn't there's not a lot of skin off my back to sort of make sure you send them something and that's how this sort of new economy works because otherwise nobody gets paid to do anything and uh, that's a little harder to make work so to everybody who has signed up thank you and everybody who is thinking about signing up um, please do so but it does make a difference certainly in aggregate and I think that's all for that and now right. it's time. no so now now it's time for Ron to to take some shit. <laughs> uh, because last week, uh, ratings, 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 uh, we were supposed to talk about just the league of America rebirth number one. Uh, but somewhere between planning the show and doing the show, I forgot to include it in the script. I'm sorry. Can I just, I th- how yeah. amazing is it that it wasn't me? No, I know. It's just it's a pretty, so I'll take ownership of it. That's on me. I threw your dog out the window. I thought it would help. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that said, we're gonna get a double batch of ratings. 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 We're, gonna, ratings. we're gonna go back to last week with Justice League of America Rebirth number one, and then we're also gonna do this week's Batman Rebirth number one. And then please God, then please God, can we stop doing this for the Rebirth books? Because <laughs> I feel at this point, someone at DC is just fucking with us. We thought they would stop. <laughs> because that's the thing. I thought Justice League was it, and then I was like, Batwoman too. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that coming. I'll be honest. I was a little yeah. surprised. But let's, before we get to that we one. Don't read the solicitations. Justice I mean, League of America Rebirth, which is the culmination of all the previous Rebirth books that we talked about, all the, the characters we met, um, written by Steve Orlando, drawn by Ivan Rice, Arise, uh, which looked, so it looked great. Um, I didn't think, I actually, while Josh was doing the ad copy there, I was furiously scrolling through it because I had no memory of what happened in it from last week. I was, I'm doing the same thing now. I remember I I had something to say, but it was not good. It it just it, for me it felt odd after all those issues introducing the characters to then basically reintroduce them again uh, here because basically this yeah. is, this is the the gathering of the team issue which I normally like but it felt kind of redundant because we just got introduced to all these characters. It's like why do we need to have those other issues if we're just gonna do the same thing here, but in, in fewer pages for each character. That, that was basically my comment. I got done, and I was like, that was a completely bog-standard get-the-team-together, but not even in an exciting way. Just like, oh, it's, it's this thing. It's a super by-the-numbers, and I don't like the characters. And the other thing that it keeps doing, it's put one bad guy on the team. That's yeah. the new thing. There's, there's, and, and, there's no... 
way that Batman ever puts Lobo on this team. Or any team yeah. involved with Lobo. Or any, a, yeah, yeah. He's a galactic mass killer. There's no way yeah. that Batman ever sanctions that. Um, it just doesn't. I don't buy it. And so that that's that's annoying. And then they did the sort of uh, the thing the 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 guy Gardner thing, you know, where he, where Batman yells at him to sit down. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but it has a sort of different this, outcome. That really nailed it because like there was there was an echo of Justice League past stuff that and I I picked up on the the Giffen not the comedy side of it you know the Giffen Dematias run but like it definitely felt like an echo of that but not in a good way. Um, I did not like this at all. I you, you know feel, like it I, felt like a Justice League extreme book from the early '90s like the kind of cast yeah. off members that aren't on the regular team and they get you get sort of the edgier team um, which was literally called Justice League Extreme for all the young people not who were around in the early '90s um, and uh, this felt like that. Yeah, I mean like I, said, like I feel bad. I, I feel like poor Steve Orlando were, were constantly, but I, I don't like the work. Like it's and it's not even that it's bad; it's that it's just. It's just it's, it's, by numbers. It's middle of the road. It's he's, super he's middle of the road. He's had flares of interesting. We liked the uh, the re- the Adam one, but uh, I, yeah. Ron and I liked the Adam one. Um, yeah, I like the Adam one. It wasn't that bad. No. All right. Well, ratings, 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 ratings. Three, two, two and a half. Sticking with it. The next issue comes out next week. No. Yep. No. No. All right, Batman Rebirth number Bat one. Batwoman. Batwoman. Batwoman Rebirth number one. Story by Marguerite Bennett and James Tinian the fourth. Art by Steve Epting, uh, which I had to look back three times to verify. Why? Because I don't know what they did to poor Steve Epting, but this did not look like I was reading it. Like I didn't look to see who the creative team was on it, and I was reading it, and there got to be one panel where I'm like, oh, that was very velvety. Like that looked very Steve Eftingy, and I went back. I'm like, oh, it is Steve Efting. And then I looked through. I'm like, wow, they're just murdering his art with the coloring on this book. Yes, but right? hey, well, Ed, Betty Brightweiser is is a tough thing to you know yeah. live up to. There are a couple of places where it looks really good, but my yes. problem with the art is not that. Right. It's that over and over they keep having to echo back to the J.H. Williams the Third art yeah. from the original Batwoman story and get over it. A, people don't remember. B, this is not J.H. Williams III. Stop doing it. It's not right. giving I totally you agree. I totally agree. The the imprint of J.H. Williams III on this character, I mean, is important, but it's almost to the point of being criminal now because it's it's like you, you've got to move on from it. You've got Steve Epting. You've yeah. got the master of horror sitting right there. Um, <laughs> the, the, uh, it, it, in that sense, it felt retready too because – you know, it was sort of a retelling of the yeah. Rucka first arc from her run however long ago. So you had the retready art a little bit and the retready storytelling. However, um, I liked the way it looked a lot of it. I th- you're right, the coloring isn't great like, on it. But however, I, it was very Steve Epting. It did feel very Steve Epting. And it, it did feel I mean, there, there, was a couple, there was a couple of figures and a couple of pages where I was like, oh, yeah, that's Steve Epting. But I looked at the other pages and I was like, he can't be happy with this. I mean, like, and, and Jeremy Cox colored it. And I don't know him from Hole in the Wall, and I don't know what's going on with this and what the production process is, but like, <coughs> you compare this to an issue of Velvet or Captain America back in the day, and it's just like, yeah. oh, this well, is this not is yeah, different. So. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah. So the question for me is Well, the, the two people that you're trying to ape here are Betty Brightweiser and Dave Stewart. Right. For colors. That's who did that J.H. Williams stuff. I mean, like, it was, it was sublime. And it was, was it yep. Dean White after Captain America? Might have been, yeah, it was Dean yeah. White. Yeah, there you go. 
Um, so the final page. So this, this we start, you know, way back with the kidnapping that, of her family and the murdering of their family. We go through her her life, and then we get to the final page when it says soon, which says the future, where she's some sort of military commander when she's older. Is that what we're looking at? Is that what it's happening? But in a short cape. Yeah. I guess. I have a I litany. So. I, I can go through my points. All right, okay. go for it. Okay. One, and, and this doesn't matter, Batman's stupid knee pads are stupid and I hate them. Yeah! I mean, like, they're stupid, right? Yeah, they're really dumb. They're we, we generally don't like to say stupid, but you're right. No. Like, it's, it's not good. <coughs> uh, two, like, I don't need constant, like, offhand sexual uh, 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 quips. To let me know that she's into ladies, right? Yep. And it was it's uh, it was lame. Like it was just cheap and not cool or funny to be like uh, I don't even remember. But there were like puns based on I'll be calling you Jawbreaker next. She's gonna perform Conolingus. Oh, like it's just I know, but like that's what it felt like. Like right. It was like somebody whispering at me, they're gay and sexy. And I know that that's not what they're going for, but that's how it's coming off. It's tacky. Yep. And two, three, like I just, I, I feel like I've read this a lot of times and this didn't bring anything to it until I got to the last page. Like yep. I know what a rebirth is, but like. That's a, that was my biggest complaint was it felt yes. like I had read this twice already. Um, yep. I like Not how, long ago. Yeah, not long ago. I, you know, I, I, I generally like the art. I liked the vet thing a lot. The coloring wasn't yeah. didn't wasn't great, but I did generally like it. Um, the coloring ruined it, as far as I'm I concerned. I think it was ruined. Anyway. It just didn't help it. Uh, you know who was missing? Greg Rocca. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I, I'd so, rather he write this than Wonder Woman. Cause I don't think he's. I don't think he's doing all that great on Wonder Woman. Oh, all right. Well, all right. Ratings. Ratings, ratings. 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 Batman. Batwoman. Rebirth. Number one. Ratings. Connor. Three. Three. Two and a half. Sticking with it. Maybe. I don't know who the regular creative team is. I'm going to have to take a look at that. No. Nope. All right. Um, cool. Well, those, so those are the ratings out of the way. Again, I apologize. Um, before we get to our last book that we're going to discuss, which is the patr- uh, the patron's pick over our Patreon, our, our, our loyal patrons voted for a book. I do want to note that I, while we were talking about Batwoman, a slice of pizza was handed to me. What? Like magic, it that's just appeared. Not okay. But what are you gonna and, do with it? You can't eat it on the show. That's unprofessional. No, no. I mean, it's, so I've, I'm motiv- I'm motivated to get through the show here because I got a wonderful piece of New York City's uh, pizza sitting waiting for me. What a wonderful for me. sense of humor you got. First of all, <laughs> you can go fuck yourself with your New York pizza. <laughs> well, I just thought it was timely because we were just talking yes. about pizza. Oh, sure, it's totally timely, and I'm not at <laughs> if, all jealous if, of you. If you're gonna get pizza. The rest of us should get pizza too. Yeah. <laughs> now, I don't know. I know that that is logistically difficult, <laughs> right. but we are a team here. Right. Well, if it makes you feel any better, the dog might eat it before I get to it. So there you go. Um, all right. So the patrons pick this week was uh, the first by uh, by a pretty wide margin. Uh, the Wild Storm number one, written by Warren Ellis with art by John Davis Hunt. Uh, the the hotly anticipated Warren Ellis return to reinvent the Wild Storm universe. I feel bad because I feel like, especially when we have the Rebirth books, the, the second half of the show starts to become negative. I didn't yeah. like this at all. And really? Interesting. I think, it's, I think it's important to note for people who weren't reading comics in the year 2000, around, the, around about there, 1998, 2001, how important Warren Ellis and his, his books were. I mean, they, they basically, he rewrote the industry in his image. 
he's I'm trying to think of a you know like a, a filmic comparison. Well, I mean, but, everyone started emulating his style. I mean, this like this is a time period he, where where Garth Ennis was writing books regularly, and Alan Moore had a whole line of books, and so there's a whole there's a bunch of heavy hitters writing books, but his style so captured the imagination of the readers that the time. everyone started emulating his decompressed, you know, badass style. He, I think he, you're right. He totally uh, rewrote comics in his, and now it eventually went, went away, but for, there was a couple of years where comics were basically all trying to be Warren Ellis. Um, and while the Wildstorm books, the Stormwatch and, and, and Planetary and all those books were, what was the one, uh, The Authority? Uh, Authority. They were, they were all huge, and this is him coming back to, to some of those characters, and I just didn't feel any kind of connection to this, and I thought the art was not great. I will go ahead and provide a counter. Okay. All right. Here we go. Uh, I believe that you are right about your point about Warren Ellis. I think that he's he's sea change work material. I, I mean, definitely. I think that a lot of careers either erupted out of that or were shaped by that sort of thing, and it let people like you know Miller and and Grant Morrison and you know sort of do a different kind of thing. Um, I really like these characters. A lot, and I don't see them all that much. So to me, it actually felt like I was like, "All right, these." And it was kind of but interesting it's not in them, that. Though. That's, that was part of my problem. It doesn't matter. It's, I mean, yeah. whatever. Like, I was actually reading, it and I was like, I kind of starting to remember bits and pieces of what I knew, and I don't think I knew that it wasn't there. But then I got, and I was like, "Should I go back and look this stuff up or not?" And then I got to the end, nope. and I was reading his little like uh, something something, and because I, I, I did feel like as I was reading, I was like, "No one's gonna know what the hell this is about." Like, right. no one's gonna understand it. Um, and I read his thing where they asked him, like, did you go back and read it? And he was like, no, he didn't go back and do it because it's starting from scratch. And I was like, that's really interesting. So based on sort of the small amount that I know, the, the things that I remember from Wildcat stuff that I've read, um, those great Joe Casey runs, um, you know, Stormwatch, Authority, that kind of stuff. I liked that world. I liked the art. I don't think it was great, but I thought it was. Well, OK, well, yeah, I, uh, go on. Go on. I'm sorry. I have my thoughts, but go on. I thought I. Th- I th- I thought it worked for what it was. Um, I was intrigued. You know, like, we were supposed to... There was another book that was front-running for a while. Yep. And uh, I had read I read it because I thought, oh, let me find this... Front, front, and by front-running, you mean for the for the patron pick? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was like, I was... I was ready. <laughs> you think Connor was just negative. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Go, but no need to. That's but, not, yeah. that's not no, I know. Um, so this was kind of like more... like more. I was like, oh, like... I, I just, I just like the. I want to see what they're gonna, what he's gonna do with it. I, and you know, he's good for six issues. So, Let's so well, no, he's doing twenty four as the cover, the cover <laughs> outline. Good that, for six issues. <laughs> yeah. So, so here are my thoughts: is that I'm with you, Josh. I love this universe. I love these characters. It definitely does something. You know, for some reason, it pushes some button that the other legacy image founder characters don't really like I, because it would just because there was so much built on it and so much went with it when when Ellis did what he did in the late 90s what he did there was he took he went back and read everything and then remolded it in his vision right that that was basically what would that job was and now he's got a little more you know kind of gravitas to him and he's able to say yeah no just give me the the character names and the 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 very very loose kind of guidelines that I'm going to make something out of it um and do something completely different and of which w- what we're reading, I kind of like. And, you know, there's a little bit of fan service by having the Zealot character have the dot and the lines on her face like she did back in the day in the opening, you know, but then wipes them off, you know, like that sort of thing. So there are little nods that Ellis knows what he's what, what toys he's playing with. Um, 
But the thing is that Ellis is on such a level and what he's trying to do with this issue in particular, which is basically the nine panel grid. Yep. Right. If you look at every page, it's 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 it, the first page is a nine panel grid and every page builds off of that. And it might be three horizontal panels, but it breaks down into the nine panel grid, you know, very Watchmen esque. And, no, you know, nothing to John Davis Hunt, who I think is a is an OK artist, but you needed somebody you needed a bigger art name on this. Yeah, that was my biggest problem. I think if I had yep. if you had a different, more dynamic artist, I had a different feeling. I mean, you put, think about it, he had Brian Hitch and he had John Cassidy yeah. back back then, who, along with the, the writing, we revolutionized art in comics. And yeah, you I think put, this you, guy is not he's very middle of the road, you know, very oh, it's, kind of boring. It's, it's dynamite. It's it's yeah. a dynamite approach here, and 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 uh, and then asking somebody to do the nine panel grid storytelling that Dave Gibbons and and other greats have mastered is a hard challenge, and you know I think you put even put somebody that the higher caliber, more bigger name artist that he's worked with put Declan on this book. I was thinking that right, you know, put Declan Shalvey on this book, or put you know, or or a more established you know craftsman artist. On this, and this book sings. Yeah, I, I, the faces weren't even consistent from page to page. It was just, it right. was. Yeah. It, I just was. I was sort of astounded that this was the the for such a big book. They've been teasing it in every DC book for for weeks. That yeah. this was the level of art, and plus, and then in the back to read that he was handpicked by Ellis and Kieran Gillen is just kind of. I was kind of astonished. I mean, he's yeah. a, he's he's okay. He's not a bad artist, but. Is not the level of this kind of book I was expecting from this. From this yeah, from this. yeah. No, that for me, the art was the big disappointment. I'm all in. I'm going to read this just because I I yep. want to see what he does with it, and I want to see you know like and and to see if he does all 24 issues and all that sort of stuff. So I want to see where this goes. But I was super disappointed in the art. Super disappointed. So that's yeah. that's three entirely different takes. Yeah. yeah. So I don't want to hear you guys. So ratings. you guys said ratings three four three. Whoa, okay. Connor three. Josh, four. I'm gonna give it a three and a half. I could have seen that coming. Sticking with it. Yeah, I'll give the second issue a shot. Josh, yes, yes. All right. Grifter's in the next issue. Come on. I know. I love Grifter. Anyway, God. I don't know why. I don't know why. I can't I don't either. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's anyway, not gonna be a right. Grifter you recognize. Yeah. So that was the patron pick. We got some more stuff for patrons now. Right, they need names. Every week we pick uh, several of the uh, a week before, actually, it's an exact number of the patrons uh, to be assigned a superpower. Um, because, and you too can do that by donating at the five dollar or higher level at patreon.com slash ifanboy. So let's begin with the maestro himself, Ron. What do you say? So I want to thank Chris Ferullo for uh, supporting ifanboys being a patron, and Chris has the uh, amazing power uh, that when he opens his mouth, he can project images like a projector. Any any ooh, any kind of image, yeah. Well, like a film the, the, or yeah, memory yeah, memory yeah. Or? Like he, yeah, but it's but it goes through the filter of his brain. So <laughs> if he hasn't seen the movie recently, it's gonna be way fucked up. So it's like kind <laughs> he, of like memory. Buffalo wasn't in this. He can he can he can materialize projections of his thoughts via his mouth. That's interesting. Ooh, there you that go. sounds problematic. Yep. In meetings and whatnot. Yeah. Well, no. He can. He can. He can. He can not do it. He can just talk. It's not like every time he opens his mouth, it's light projects out of it, like chamber or something like that. But he yeah, can well, be what like, if, what it's projection time. Yeah. Like he's in the meeting and somebody's talking about some finance EBITDA thing he doesn't care about, and he just, uh, what the hell is that? Sorry. 
covers his Yeah, well, that could happen. He's got to learn to control it. So Sure. That's why he's in the expansion, to learn to control it. No, he's an inhuman. Matt Barron, <laughs> God damn it, has the power of food suggestion. Food suggestion. You ever been in a group of people? And so it's like, well, I want Mexican. I think I want Thai. Matt always wins that one. We're going right. to get Mexican. Oh, so he, so it's like Gambit with his persuade with his uh, yeah. persuasion power, but only about food. Yep. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Huh. Okay. So Joey Rosenberg. It's very similar to something we heard about earlier in the show. He can bring his drawings to life. However, okay. he's a really like world-class, terrible artist. <laughs> now, can he learn to be better? He just can't. It's just, he's not getting any better. He's been, he's been taking the classes. <laughs> it's like know, me trying to play guitar. Life drawing, all kinds of... It's just, it's just stick, he can, you know, there's just stick figures walking all over the place. Wow. All right. It's a curse. All right. Uh, and our last patron we want to thank is Brad Page. We want to thank Brad for and all the other patrons for supporting my fanboy. And Brad, uh, Brad's grounded. <laughs> Does he can never get off the ground? He no. He never gets elect- He never gets like a, a a shock when he talks to anybody. Oh. When he when he touches anybody or anything. he is just permanently ground. So like if you're working on electronics, if you hold a hand on Brad, you, you're free, you're free of any electrostatic. Anything like that. He's like the opposite of static shock. So he would be good to have with your record. Yeah, so he'd be great. Yeah, no, absolutely. So that's good. That's yep. good. Or laundry. So, you want yeah. you want Brad you want Brad to do your laundry. <laughs> All right. So go to patreon.com slash ifanboy where you can sign up. You can become a patron and get your uh, if you sign up for five dollars or higher, you get a you get bestowed with a superpower. But you can do as little as a dollar a month gets you in on the, the patron fund. You can vote on the book. Uh, it's a good time. So we're running long, but I want to do this first email. So, Adam M. from Indiana. With you guys having some experience in publishing, I was hoping you could explain the concept of second prints to me. Why do That's books, when they make more. Why do books and <laughs> comics publishers have to include what print a book is? Is there a law? Is it just a tradition? Is it to promote collectability? Is it a law or tradition? If it is a law or tradition, what is the purpose? What are they trying to accomplish? If publishers just stopped indicating the print run, would this have a negative effect on the industry? With continuing, adva- with continuing advances in printing, can you foresee a time when small batch print-on-demand comics would be viable? To me, it just seems like the need for publishers to provide print run information has a limiting effect. What do you guys think? I've been mulling this question since I bought the second print of Uncanny X-Men 275 in 1991. I don't know if it's a law. It might be. I don't think it is. It might have been an old law that had to do with like auditing you know, like magazine kind of the subscription numbers and things like that. It might be one of those old legacy kind of habits, mm-hmm. but now, but it's now, a tradition. But it's a tradition, and it's mainly for collectors because the, a comic book comes out, and you want to know was this the first print or not? Because there's a perceived collection bias towards first printings. The irony of that is, is that the second printings are usually much, much smaller than the first printing. So when it comes to scarcity, the second printing is way more scarce than the first printing. But, but 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 books do it as well. So do books do books it? Books do it. Records do it. Yeah. Is it yeah, all for collectability? Yeah. DVD, you know, like they all I, I think there's I think it we're we're, just, we're totally speculating, by the way. Right. Yeah. Um I think there's something about just accounting. Like yeah. like like it's uh like each product has a different skew, basically. And so when you come back and you do that other skew, you know, that's part of this batch. Um there's all sorts of practical reasons you would do that either for accounting or qc or whatever you know something like that you're not necessarily having them done at the same printer because say that the um 
if, if the quantity is lower, then maybe you get a better deal for a higher run at this printer or vice versa right. or something like that. You'd actually brought up the idea of small batch print on demand. Like that's viable now. It's just that they don't do it. Partially. Yeah. Yeah. Print on demand is too expensive per unit. You'd pay, you know, you think three or four dollars a comic is expensive. You pay six or eight or something like yeah. that. Well, why do you think I, he thinks that print information is limiting? I don't see how it has any kind of effect on anything. What do you mean it's limiting? He says in the email, to me it just seems like the need for publishers to provide print run information has a limiting effect. Oh, he doesn't well, like having a second print. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah he, I mean, he's thinking about it. When he bought the second printing of Uncanny X-Men 275 in 1991, his first thought is like, well, what, what, like, is this less than the first printing or whatnot? And, why, and, and, and uh, being coming from working in comic publishing, you know, the, the bias against the second and third prints, I mean, from a comics publishing standpoint, the reason why these print, the second print runs exist is because you get the retailers make their orders with Diamond. The publishers get those numbers. They set the print run based on those numbers. Depending on how aggressive the publisher wants to be, they either print to order, which is that's why it's so important to pre-order your comics at your local comic store, or the, or the argument says, or they say, you know, I think this is really going to do well. We're going to print, you know, a thousand extra copies or two thousand extra copies or whatnot. When they run out of copies at Diamond, then they make a decision: Do you want to do a second printing or not? And the idea is that you want to do a second printing because you want to have inventory available for people to read the book. If they can't get the book; they're not going to buy the next issue, right? Um, but there's the collectability aspect, which now is like, well, a second printing isn't worth as much as a first printing is, which again, I go back to stupid because it's actually less of the second printing. Um, and so they start making different covers and things like that to make them look different. It's all just stupid. It's, and, and like, and, and you, you kind of have a point, like why even show the printing at all? Just print all the books and go from in and, and go from there. Um, and that's a, that's a, that's a logical kind of thought, but because of whatever that tradition is, or if there's something to do with tracking the print runs or auditing or that sort of thing, um, that could be, you know. And it creates a, a, a false or at least uh synthetic, uh, desirability. Right. And they want that. They want anybody to want their stuff in any reason for any way. Why that's a win-win for retailers, which is a win for them. Yep. You know, it's just it's just part of you know they have a the 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 customer base is is largely collector based and. Well, I think I, mean, I think you also for books it's a big thing. You know, it's uh, <laughs> no books is a huge thing. It's as big. I mean, the book collecting, the first editions comics, is yeah. yeah yeah exactly yeah. It's so. uh, you 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 have in your hands the original run of the book, and that is important yeah. to, to. I to knew them back when. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, but that's as someone who likes something. If you're a big fan of something, it's a, it's a big. It's like a relic. It's a historical artifact. It's uh, to me, it's it's you know only because books tend to be older. It's more interesting than comics. I don't really care about the editions, but if I'm looking for an old book, I'll look for the earliest edition I can find. Yeah. Um, so. Good question. Great question, Adam. Thank you. Agree. So uh, if you want to ask a good question as well, you can contact email us at contact.ifanboy.com. Uh, send in an email, or you can attach a uh, a voicemail via attached MP3 if you like. After 572 uh, you, shows, we've never been asked that question. That's a good. Yeah, that's good. That's a so good. So thank you. Yeah. So Connor, what's coming up? All right. So if you're listening to this show when it came out, which is September, I'm sorry. September. Whoa, wow. wow. <laughs> I am so hungry. I'm just thinking about your pizza. February 19th, uh, or the day after the 20th, we have our February hangout happening Monday, February 20th at 6 o'clock, 6:30 p.m. Pacific time, 9:30 p.m. Eastern time. So if you're a patron, if you're an iFanboy patron, you want to come hang out with us. Uh, for about an hour on Monday, come do that February twentieth, and 
I think we're going to do our Oscar discussion. We're going to talk about the Oscar yes. nominations. We're going to do our picks. Um, we tend to talk about movies on these hangouts, but that's just how it goes. Yeah, no, if you enjoyed our all-media wrap-up at the end, you really want to listen to these hangouts. And um, and patrons, uh, we love to have you in live to answer your questions and to t- chat with you as well, too. But we also, uh, the video is there the next day if you want to listen or watch it there. So uh, patrons, you know, you get the content. So it's another reason to sign up to support Yeah, and if you, if you join up m- even moments before the show yeah. starts, you should be still joining on the hangout. So that's You're happening Monday, February 20th at 6.30 p.m. Pacific. All right. Uh, and the, the parade of podcasts uh, continues. Uh, <laughs> in addition to the weekly Pick of the Week podcast, we put out the Booksplode, Russian Arl of the Red King, which was back in January. feels like a lifetime ago. Uh, Connor and I talked about Riverdale. We talked about Powerless. We talked about Legion. Connor, you and Ryan and Paul talked about Justice League Dark. The three of us talked about the Lego Batman movie last week. All those podcasts are all in the feed. If you missed one of them, go back in the in the in your whatever podcast app or way you listen. Uh, go back and listen to them. They're a lot of fun. Great conversation. I was very impressed by our Lego Batman conversation. By the way, the end of it was like, we got we got deep. It was actually like, a really interesting conversation about animation, children's content, and it was, it was it went a lot of places. And we ended up on Ice Pirates somehow. So there you go. It was great. So go buy Ice Pirates. But the podcast parade does not end as Josh will be delivering uh, the next Talksplode with none other than friend of the show, Judd Winnick. That's correct. Uh, myself and he got together. We talked about his his long history um, as a cartoonist, his, I think, 11 or 12 years as a DC Comics writer, and uh, what he's doing now with uh, the children's book series Hilo. Yep. And, and, and a little day, of the real world. We talked a little this, bit about the real world. Oh, wow, which is rare. So, yeah. um, <laughs> and, and to this day, uh, Judd Winnick probably has given us the probably the best feedback we've ever gotten from a comic creator. That's I think about it often. About what we do here. Whenever I think about it, like, the, like honestly, some of the, the most sincerest and best feedback we've ever gotten came from Judd at a con once. So uh, good job. <laughs> um, you can go over to. We're not going to tell them. <laughs> I know. No, it's, a, it's that's personal. For, that's, that's personal. That's for us. That's for us. I know that, but it just felt like. Oh, he's not. I mean, uh, is he going to say? No, he's not. Oh, that's weird. Uh, we got to leave something to the imagination. But we got to keep something for ourselves. We yeah. give so much. Um, I'm such a so self sacrifice. Go to ifanboy.com and you can speculate on what he said and find all of our other podcasts. Uh, or you can go like facebook.com slash ifanboy and, of course, follow us at, at ifanboy on Twitter to find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out. And you can follow us individually at J.A. Flanagan, at Ron XO, and at C.S. Kilpatrick on both Twitter and Instagram because we got that kind of symmetry, yo. And, hey, if you're Josh's mom and you like the show, please leave a review on iTunes. <laughs> uh, we did not get any contacts from any mothers. I'm very upset. <laughs> Josh, any, any idea if she's still listening? She heard this last week's show. What did she think of the Lego show? Do we know? I think at the end of the the one, they said, did you like that? She said, sure, I'll give that a three. Are you going to listen again? No. <laughs> oh, wow. So here's the question. At this point, I don't necessarily want to hear from anyone who's the mother of a listener who started listening. because they try- Just let us know if you're a mother at all. I want to know how many mothers listen to the show. So Plenty. tweet us. Tweet us. Hashtag iFanMom. <laughs> all right. Oh, there you go. So leave a review on iTunes also if you're one of those people. That, that's how people find the podcast. We thank you if you do that. Right. I'm going to talk about mothers some more. Until next time, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. I have a mother. <laughs> I think we all do. It's true.
see nothing wrong. Two. Okay, ready, ready. Buttons. Go ahead. I haven't hit the button yet. Now I'm ready. You had, you had no break between ready and you started. You didn't, have, you didn't wait for the, the confirmation. Now continue. Three, two. You're listening I to mean, the I, I feel like we Son of talk. a bitch!